Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Trent Copeland, who was going to join us anyway, but uh, Copes... Wow. Um, how do you sum up your feelings this morning? Um, it probably echoes a few in Australian cricket right now. Yeah, morning, guys. Yeah, I'm pretty emotional, I must say. And it's not just today. It's the last two days with Rod Marsh the day before. You know, these guys are being taken far too soon from us. Legends of the game. Uh, the last two years in particular with COVID and everything going on in the world. Uh, we don't even need to mention what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine, but it, it is just really hard to fathom uh, his impact in terms of what he did for the sport that we all love in cricket uh, to the game that he played, but also then continued to commentate, be larger than life with the BBL in the early years. He really was the making of the BBL on commentary, talking us through what he was about to do, how he was going to bowl a flipper, a wrong one and then just, you know, toying with the world's best at the top level as he did for so long in test cricket. So, yeah, a real tragedy and, um, yeah, I'm still nowhere near coming to terms with it, to be honest. It's 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 such shocking news. It's still hard to process. You pinch yourself and, and you're still asking yourself, is this real, Trent? You know, it's funny to you and me and ads and, and hundreds of thousands of people around the cricketing world and they pick up a cricket ball and it's the classic warm, the two fingers up, two fingers down. We've all tried it and you yourself had a crack, didn't you? Yeah, well, when I was a kid, I, I mean, watching this legendary team of ours that uh, no doubt you guys watch and love from afar as well, you know, the 16 test wins in a row, Warney was really everything in terms of you know, making the game look easy and particularly doing a skill that is just ridiculously hard. I mean, I I sent out a tweet this morning that you know, the gutting ball was, you know, iconic. Undoubtedly, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, forever, I was out in the backyard trying to replicate that. You just you, you just get to realising that what he did in his career was just ridiculous. And, and, you know, we've seen very few able to get even close to being regular test spinners in the art of leg spin. So, yeah, it's just remarkable what he achieved, over 700 test wickets. Um, but really, you know, it's it's all the other stuff that went with Warney that made him so special. And when Pat um, did a what would have been incredibly difficult after a long day of test cricket, um, a really heartfelt message on behalf of you know, cricket generally, but the Australian cricket team and Cricket Australia in general, talking about Warney and, and what he has done for the game and, and he really did transcend the game before, after, and he will continue to do so. Copes, we, myself and Jules were talking before about how he was always willing, if anyone asked, anyone with a little bit of talent um, came up to him and said, hey, Warney, 
this. And it didn't matter where they were from either. It wasn't geographically based. It wasn't like he only talked to Victorians or Australians. He was he was happy to, to help other players from other countries as well. Have you got a, a, an anecdote along those lines where he was happy to pass on advice and it was invaluable for the person who was doing all the listening? Uh, really, the the one that actually springs to mind is not, you know, it didn't directly involve me, but it was a game I was covering and it was a big bash game where Rashid Khan was in Australia for the first time playing at the MCG and Warney was on commentary and he went down and did a little, you know, in the warm-up as you do, walk on the field, look at the pitch, talk to a few of the players. Uh, he ended up spending a good 15, 20 minutes talking leg spin bowling with Rashid Khan, who now is you know, synonymous with T20 cricket, one of the best. In fact, I think the number one ranked T20 bowler in the world. Uh, but he was down there just literally like a kid talking in the backyard with his mate about someone with mutual respect for you know, the game, the art form that was leg spin. And uh, just the way he talked, the passion he had for literally a person that he saw talent in, uh, he saw prospects moving forward and really he just wanted to help. And you bang on with the fact that it really didn't matter which walk of life he came from. Uh, he was just incredibly thankful for where he was. I mean, I'm sure people out there didn't see this part of him and saw the larrikin and the outward crazy guy. But I mean, still to the day, the last time I ever interacted with Shane, you know, I'm in, in no way a big name in cricket, but walking into the commentary area at the test match this summer and he sees you at the lift and he says, G'day Trent, you know, like by name, always respectful uh, and it, it's a yeah, it's one of those things where anyone who's come across him and had that chance, like you say, to look him in the eye uh, and engage has been very lucky. Mm. The other thing that struck me too, Caves, about Warney is is how he could compartmentalise his cricketing world from his private world. And he says, you know, when he crosses that boundary <laughs> rope, it's all about you know. He was the ultimate savant really when it came to cricket and the prime example 2005 he, his life was falling apart off the field and what does he do in an Ashes series takes 40 wickets at 19.9 with a record 96 wickets in the year it's just astonishing stuff yeah oh you just you can remember the moments where he's out on the balcony with the stump in hand just dancing around in his lights <laughs> uh you know the moments where you see him cigarette in hand or you know it just I honestly, I wish there was more people. Not, I'm not saying specifically like Warney off the field. I just mean that we're their authentic self when it comes to who they are outside the game, when they speak to the media, then even just in regular everyday life. I think we see far too many, in, and I'm not talking cricket here, I talk sport generally in Australia, that we see far too many facades on what we think is appropriate or what we want to project rather than who are we really on the inside. So uh, Warney was the greatest example of that. And, and we saw it uh, warts and all, which was, you know, a great fun to watch from afar as a fan. And then obviously, as he's gone into commentary, him talking about others, uh, you know, we were very fortunate. Yeah, he was <laughs> commentary. He was, uh, he was fun to listen to because there was always, <laughs> he always wanted the game to move forward and he had a crystal clear idea about how the game should move forward. And, and sometimes he'd, he'd throw out 10 or, or 12 pieces of advice and one had come off and he'd look like the genius. It's like everyone would immediately forget about the nine or yeah. 11 that he, he didn't quite come off, yeah. but he'd look like the genius. He, he was a, a cricket brain 
that probably didn't need any advice from an early – like he, he worked it out all himself, if you know what I mean. He, it, it wasn't like yeah. – okay, he got advice from people like Terry Jenner and others, I'm sure, uh, moulded him into the cricketer he was. But his cricket brain and, and what he saw and how he saw the game of cricket evolving before his very eyes, he, he was pretty definitive about it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really the unspoken part of Warney's brilliance throughout his career was you know, he played with some legends of the game that no doubt helped in conversation. Uh, you know, John Buchanan throughout that stage no doubt helped a little tactically, but uh, really his feel for the game and understanding of what was going on. And you spoke about the commentary side. I don't know about you guys, but it, when he talks about the game generally, it was, you know, he, he had a really good eye for the game itself. Then as soon as a spinner came in, into the attack or he was talking about spin bowling, it was just a different level that no one else really that I've heard can really articulate as yeah. anywhere near as well as him. Yeah. Uh, it was just like he went into this zone where he is the almighty in that field and he absolutely was that uh, in terms of what he produced on the field. But yeah, it really was a special way that he attacked the game had foresight, was able to understand what was going to happen and then what needed to be put in place to make it successful. So, yeah, I mean, from a playing sense, but also the, the impact he's had on... I mean, I saw a thing on Instagram a little while ago from Mitch Swepson, uh, undoubted, you know, next leg spinner that will play for Australia in the Test match format and, you know, the impact that he's had on him, Tanvir Sanger, at New South Wales, all of these young guys that have had even one touch point, let alone many, uh, you know, we're all very fortunate. Uh, he was the best test captain we never had, Shane Warner. And you talk about those master classes. That, they were just compelling viewing, which leads me, Trent, to uh, the state of affairs in Royal Pindy after day one, one for 245. I remember in one of those master classes, and, and Warren said, if, if, if there's nothing happening, if there's nothing happening, they said, what do you do? He says, I just toss it up and try and entice a drive. And I just wonder how Warren would have approached having a bowl first on that wicket at Pindy yesterday. Oh, do we have to talk about it? I mean, it was... <laughs> I mean, I was watching the first 15 minutes of play yesterday, watching Mitchell Stark run in with that brand new ball and it really just dying off the surface. Mm. No carry, no seam movement, really... You know, Nathan Lyon coming on in the seventh or eighth over and getting some turns straight away, it was ominous to start with, and it's so flattening emotionally when you're in that moment and there's nothing doing. And then you get to lunch and they're none down, yeah. and it's tough work. So, mm. look, I, I think you're right. Warner would have absolutely been in that uh, conversation where, all right, let's bring the field up, set a couple on the fence, and then toss it up and try and see if we can just get a mistake. Uh, like we did see out of Shafiq, but uh, other than that, I tell you what, Imam mm. was incredible. And I, yeah, the scary thing is, guys, one down for over 200 runs, mm. and I think one of the best players in the world, Baba Razan, oh, hasn't even batted yet. I know, I know. Imam Al Haq looks like he's got 20 minutes to play every shot. He can just rock back on that back foot and just go, oh yeah, I'll pick this apart and just nullify. Even Pat was, I, I thought Pat bowled pretty well, Trent. Um, yeah, he was he, getting a little bit of movement, but still just that extra split second of time um, that the home batsman could take a little bit more advantage. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, genuinely, if you're 
not only the skill that they produced with the bat in hand, but, I mean, before the game even started, you win the toss. And if you're a bowler, if I can guarantee you the Pakistan bowlers will have felt like they won the lottery. So <laughs> you sit back and you know when you win the toss in the subcontinent uh, in conditions like that, if your batters are able to aim up in the first day, you're just going to dominate not only this game, but the scary thing is for Australia moving forward that, you know, A, they didn't pick two spinners. Whether or not that's the right question, uh, right decision, we won't know. But, um, you know, there's going to be some serious workload and soreness into these bowlers at the start of the series. So the business end come trying to win game two, game three, uh, there's impacts there as well. So, yep, tough uphill battle for Australia from here. Yeah, we're all experts, aren't we, after day one? And I know Andrew McDonald fielded a few <laughs> questions about did, did they go in the, the right lineup? Well, there's a pecking order and there's a tried and true method and you know Raul Pindi traditionally he's been good for the quicks uh, and three spinners sorry three mm. quicks one spinners worked before but he said well let, let's see how it plays out over five days but you know what one for 245 and eight, and eight bowlers I'm not sure it augurs that well at the moment for the Australians. Yeah well and Travis said bowling three or four overs before lunch on day one was probably an indication on one of two things that they were either very confident in their part-time bowlers to get the job done alongside Gaz. Um, and particularly, I know there's a real train of thought that, look, if it is ragging and it is spinning, Nathan will get the job done from his end. And then the one thing that hasn't been discussed, I guess, publicly with all the chat about the second spinner is the prowess of all these guys with a reverse swing. Mm. So it will come into play later in the game. When you lose the toss, it's certainly not at its best for reverse swing on day one. But it will be handy for Australia with airspeed and skills with the old reversing ball as the game goes on. The challenge is being able to get into a holding pattern long enough and batting well enough in the first innings when they get the chance that that can actually be impactful. So, yeah, it's a it's a tough one from here, but I tell you what, if I'm Nathan Lyon, I'm going to have some sore fingers by the end of it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But at least they're playing <laughs> cricket over there, unlike the Greater Sydney area at the moment, where unless you take a snorkel, you're probably not getting on today. Trent Copeland, uh, thank you so much for sharing your reflections of Shane Warne and a look at the Pakistan test. Have a good day, mate. No worries. It's my wife's birthday, so I better get back to it. Ooh, Happy birthday, Kimmy. Oh, yes. yes.